Welcome to the Grow Your Business and Grow Your Wealth podcast with Gary Helt. Gary is an expert in helping business owners put together a plan that will provide a better future for their businesses, themselves, and their families. On the podcast, Gary interviews other professionals who share his vision, and together they share secrets and strategies any business owner can use to build a better financial foundation for your business and your life. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, my guest is Jeff Hockett, who is the owner of Hockett Tax Services. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you, Gary. It's a pleasure being here today. So, Jeff, you know, you're not just in tax. You're also a realtor. What what made you decide to to get into to tax and, uh, and real estate? Sure, Gary. So when I was a little kid growing up, I came from a small town in Wyoming of about a thousand people. And so there wasn't a lot to do. My dad was a coal miner and, you know, he had always told me, if you don't go to college, you're always going to work terrible hours or end up in the coal field or something like that. And, and uh, I had a different dream of in mind. I, I loved business growing up. I, I played a lot of games. Um, Monopoly was one of my favorite. And I, I really enjoyed playing Monopoly. And when I got into high school, I started taking business classes, took accounting classes. I had a great accounting teacher. And I just really fell in love with the, the tax and accounting and business side of things. And so right out of high school, I started doing taxes for some friends and myself and people I knew and went to college for a little while and, and did some tax returns there and just uh, started bouncing around from job to job, basically, in my 20s and kept doing taxes the whole time. I, I just really enjoyed it. And then when I reached my 30s, my wife and I decided to move to Phoenix, Arizona, and we didn't know anybody in Phoenix, so we just moved there. Her parents were going to be retiring there, and she was an only child, so we moved to, to Phoenix, Arizona. And when I got there, I, I started talking to a couple people, and they said I should get into real estate. And uh, I'd always liked homes. I'd like buying and selling homes. We did quite a few on our own. And so went to school, got my real estate license, and started doing real estate and uh, realized that property management was more for me in the real estate ream. There's all kinds of agents there and, mm -hmm. and property management, knowing the numbers like I did made sense to me because if I can rent out your house and make 10% every single month, that's a lot less work I have to do all the time. And so I built a property management company and the whole time while I'm doing real estate and property management, I had been in it for about 10 years. Now I was about 40 years old at that time. And and I saw a big lack for real estate agents really understanding the tax code. Uh, a lot of my real estate friends were paying a lot more money in taxes, including myself. I've been doing taxes since I was 20 years old, and I was missing a lot of deductions and a lot of write-offs, even being a tax preparer, just because I wasn't thinking about my own business, so to speak. And and so I decided it, I'd been very successful in real estate. I decided it was time to give back to the real estate industry. And so... I knew a lot of lenders and a lot of title agents and a lot of brokers. And so they started to invite me into offices to talk to their real estate agents about becoming a professional real estate agent, meaning that we run our books, we pay attention to our business, we do our taxes, we do the things that every professional industry should be doing, but a lot of them weren't. And, and so that's kind of what got me to here today, Gary. I, uh, I travel around the country. I do seminars for real estate brokers, lenders, title reps for real estate agents. And I wrote a book. I have my own podcast. And uh, it's just something I really desire in the deeps of my heart. I, I really watch, love watching people take their business to the next level. 
and pay as least amount of money as possible in taxes, but have a business strategy and become professional with it. Right. So, you know, in, in dealing with, um, you know, the, the property management stuff and also with the realtors and stuff like that, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see people that, that are in that industry are making when it comes to taxes? Well, I, I think one of the biggest things is, uh, well, there's two things, really. The first one is most of them are still trying to do it themselves. And, you know, I tell real estate all the agents all the time, if you saw a for sale by owner sign go up in someone's yard, you're going to go over there and, and try and get that listing. Not so much for the money, it would be my hopes anyway, but more so that you're going to educate that seller because that seller doesn't realize the liability, the target they're putting on their back by trying to sell by owner. There's so many disclosures that could be missed. Chances are they're going to be below market value and, and et cetera, et cetera. And it's the same thing with real estate agents. They'll go on to TurboTax or some other program and try and do their taxes themselves. And they're missing out on a lot of deductions and they're making a lot of mistakes. Real estate agents are one of the targeted groups by the IRS when it comes to audits and those type things because they know we're not very good at paperwork and tracking ourselves. The second thing would probably be that they're that they're doing their vehicles wrong. So every year, especially towards the end of the year, a lot of my clients start calling me and saying, Jeff, I need to buy a new car. Should I go get a heavy car? Should I do this and that? And the thing is with real estate agents, you're better off to write off mileage than you are to depreciate off your vehicle. And people don't realize that when you depreciate something, you have to recapture it when you get rid of that vehicle. And so you know, a real estate agent may go out and buy a sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollar SUV to write it off this year, but next year we have no more write-offs because you wrote one hundred percent off. And and so while you had a great year this year, next year you're going to owe a lot in taxes, and then you're going to be whining and, and saying, "What did I do wrong?" and and those type things. And you know, it's all about strategies. So my whole purpose is not to just help you today save money on your taxes, but I want you to be my client forever, and we're going to set up a strategic plan for you to save money every year, not just a one and done type thing, and then get blindsided a couple of years from now when you get rid of that vehicle. And so that's one of the biggest things that I've seen. Yeah, I, you know, with some of that, you know, to, to kind of piggyback onto what you're saying, some of the stuff that I've seen also is, is that um, this will be their only vehicle mm -hmm. and they want to write 100% of it off or they slap that magnet on the side and says, Hey, no matter where I go, I get to, I'm advertising. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking on my phone while I'm driving. So I'm doing business. It's like, right. that's not, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. So, you know, you are part of a lot of different organizations um, and some of them um, don't have anything to do with real estate. I mean, you're part of the national association of tax preparers. Um, and you, you've been on the board there and different things. Can you tell us about that and why that organization has been, you know, uh, special for you? Sure. So the National Association of Tax Preparers, it's, it's great because it's a group of professionals like myself and we network together and we do education together. And, and uh, one of the things I take pride in is educating myself. And so I, I'm on webinars, seminars, trainings, you know, at least eight hours a week, getting the latest and greatest stuff that's going on. Cause we do, you know, we do offers and compromises. We do installment agreements. We do tax returns. We do tax planning. We do all kinds of things. And 
And so it's just a, a way for a group of us professionals to be together, keep a professional image. And we like to bring people into the group too. Um, I, I know there's a lot of them. Like as a property manager, I also own NARPM, which is the National Association of Residential Property Managers. And it's a very similar group. And that's how I learned about NATP and, and what, you know, these national groups can do for you. It's just a great way to really interact with your colleagues and make sure we're all on the same page. And if something stumps them or something stumps me, we can reach out to each other and, and get that professional advice versus posting on Facebook. Hey, what, what do you guys think about this on Facebook and get 50,000 different answers that you don't know are right or wrong. So. Right, right. Now you're also an enrolled agent. Um, and I, I think what's important for, for the listeners to understand is, is that, you know, lots of times they'll go to somebody who, who says that they prepare taxes. Can you kind of give difference between going to that person that says they prepare taxes versus an enrolled agent? Absolutely. So, you know, and that's great because actually, as soon as I get off this call with you, I'm working on a tax return today. I got a call with the IRS that I need to fix some issues of a client who just signed up with me because he had one of those people that you're talking about, just a tax preparer. They weren't, an, you know, an EA or a CPA. And the difference is the IRS doesn't require any type of credentials to do a tax return. So anybody who wants to could do your tax return, Gary, and you're going to sign off on it because you might not know if it's right or wrong. And, and it's really a scary situation. And, and I would love to see some regulations there. I'm not a high regulated type guy, but, but that's something I do think needs to be regulated. But in this example today that I have to call the IRS on, this client is an S corporation. His tax prepared didn't tell him that his taxes were due by March 15th. So on March 28th, they tried to file an extension, which got rejected because March 15th is the deadline. It was late already. They didn't realize the tax preparer never told them that she got declined on that extension. So they just filed their tax return in July, I believe it was. They have a $2,200 penalty for late filing, okay? Which that's bad, but that's not the worst part of it. When I looked at this tax return, they're an S corporation, which means they have to be on payroll as owners, which is what it should be. But they took $139,000 in payroll and their company took a $92,000 loss. So what this tax preparer did, they didn't educate them at all. I mean, the whole idea of being on payroll is to eliminate taxes, self-employment taxes especially. So here, this company, these two employees took $140,000 worth of Social Security, Medicare, withholding, everything being taxed, and their business took a $92,000 loss. Absolutely defeated everything that they were trying to do. Um, it would have been better reversed to have taken a, a $92,000 salary and had $139,000 in profit, but they, they, they just don't get educated. They don't understand. They understand that you got to be on a reasonable salary, but most tax people don't understand what that means. Um, a lot of them don't even do businesses anymore. They might do a schedule C, but when it gets into S corporations, partnerships, they back away. And, and another group that I see given bad advice are attorneys. I have a lot of clients who come in that have rental properties and they hear from some attorney that they should be in an LLC. Well, the problem is you probably have a loan on that property that's in your personal name. So when you quit claim that to your LLC, you really didn't do anything. But when they set up that LLC, especially in Arizona where I'm at, husband and wife, it's a single member LLC, community property state, but that attorney will set them up with a partnership. 
And so now they have to file a partnership return on that rental, which again, it's, it's defeating everything. It's costing them a whole bunch more money to follow these partnerships. We had one last year, a client came in, new client, talked to attorney. They have nine rentals. They had nine separate partnerships. And at $1,200, the tax return, that's pretty darn expensive, especially when those rentals, typically a, a rental property is not going to make you money. You have rental properties to hold for long term for appreciation. You take a, a benefit on your taxes by the depreciation off of them. And most rentals take a loss. So you have nine partnerships. You're paying $1,200 per tax return to do. So roughly about $10,000 and all of them are taking a loss. It, it just, you're wasting your money. I, we closed out all those partnerships. We set them up correctly. So, you know, it, it's just the general public usually isn't educated on taxes and they think they have a professional because the person says they're a tax preparer, but that doesn't make them a professional. Go to an EA or a CPA, make sure they have credentials, make sure they have the education and just maybe talk to a couple to see if they have the same type story and, and you're hearing the same thing. If you're hearing different conflicting information, go to a third one and find out which one's correct. Because at the end of the day, no matter who does your taxes, you're still signing off on them. You're still responsible for that tax return. And so it, it's just something you need to be careful of. Yeah, I totally agree. I know here in Maryland, if you're not a CPA or an EA, you have to actually take a test to be allowed to prepare taxes. Now, obviously, the the, the big box um, places don't you don't have to if you're working for them. Um, so, the um, you know, other thing that I've run in, run into this where um, in come in coming in after the fact, obviously, um, you know, just like you said, it's like okay, somebody set up an LLC, they they didn't transfer the deed into the LLC. Um, the mortgage is in their name, so forth and so on. They got the partnership set up and then processed everything that way. Well, that partnership got audited. And obviously, you know what happened from there. If the property is not in the name of the, the partnership, nor is the, the mortgage, they didn't get the, they, they, all of that was disallowed. Uh, yeah, the partnership. Creates a huge mess for that taxpayer. It costs them yeah. thousands and thousands of dollars to fix it after they've already paid thousands and thousands of dollars to get it set up. So right, I you know and, and you know the other thing I'll say you know that that I've seen lots of times and and you talk about the the client with the multiple partnerships and things like that is is that lots of times um, these attorneys and and other bad professionals that are out there will set up like these multiple entities and it's just passing money from one to the other to the other. And, you know, it, the cost of having all of these things prepared far outweighs what the tax advantage is that they're getting. Um, and I think that that's something that the people really need to look at um, in, in going through when, when people are saying that they're doing tax planning, because uh, it makes it look great, a lot of smoke, but there's no substance to it. Hey, yeah, I absolutely agree. I see people come in all the time who make, you know, hundred, two hundred thousand dollars have one or two rental properties. And they're like, I got this holding company in Wyoming and then this company owns it. And, you know, and it's like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, I went to a seminar and it's like, yeah, well, that's great for multimillionaires and billionaires to have all those layers of protection to protect your assets. But 
you, no one's going to sue you over a hundred thousand dollars. I right. hate to tell you that. <laughs> right, right. And there's insurance out there for those kind of things. Exactly. Uh, you know, so I, I think that that's something that that is important for people to understand is is that you know not every situation is good for everybody, and lots of times it's never. I mean, especially these companies that are out there that are doing these seminars like you're talking about and things like that, um, the people that that actually works for aren't the people in that room taking the seminars. Um, so it, it, it's it's really sad to see, but, you know, it, it definitely happens. Yep. Nature of the beast. You know, people go wanting to be like a, a billionaire, you know, Elon Musk or whoever it may be. And so they're trying to get all this education and you, you just, you know, it's the same thing. I have someone that comes in that makes, you know, 50, 60,000 a year and they want to write off the same stuff that the guy making four to $500,000 a year does. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. You don't have enough money, you know? And, and the thing I talk about in my book is it, there's basically five things that I like to reflect on clients first, and that's putting money back in their pockets, like an HRA, a health reimbursement account or an HSA or you know, 401ks, those type things. And they're like, no, no, I don't want to put money into my 401k. I want to go spend more money on advertising or buy a vehicle or, you know, and it's like, wait a minute, those write-offs, you're going to keep paying for that over and over again, where if you put money into your 401k, you're going to take it off your tax return and you're going to get that money back someday. You know, it's just, it's backwards thinking to me a lot of times. Yeah. I, I think lots of times, like you're saying, People want expenses to be able to reduce their taxes. Well, the reality is, is the, the money that you're spending or whatever it is, is it putting more money in your pocket? Right. Um, and I and I think that, you know, again, most CPAs and tax preparers and so forth at the end of the year, a lot of them are, are oh, go buy an asset. It's like, but if that's not a revenue generating asset, why are you buying it? Yep. It's the same thing with the 179 bonus depreciations. You know, that that's for an Amazon company who has a hundred thousand semis running down the road and all these different trucks and vehicles. They're they're taking advantage of those. But the average person that owns one or two vehicles, 70 to 80, even a hundred thousand dollars, you don't get the same write-off with that. So let's do a different strategy, you know. One of the things that I talk about a lot is if I was to give you a hundred thousand dollars right now. You know, you already start thinking about what you can spend that on. And then one of the questions you're going to say is, I'll tell you, you know, you're going to owe about 30000 in taxes on that money. So set it aside. Well, how can I pay less taxes on that? It's like, are you kidding me? I'm giving you $100,000. You didn't do anything to earn it. And you have to give 30000 to the government. And you want to know how to reduce that? There's no write-offs on that money. It's gifted money to you free. Right. Just think about how to spend the 70 instead of worrying about the 30 you're paying in taxes. And, you know, if we can change the mindset of people, it, it would really help things, I think. Yeah, I think it's, you know, you, you said it earlier about, the, you know, the planning side of things. I'm definitely very focused on on the planning side. And so much of it is because if you don't, like you're saying, hey, you get that section 179 this year. OK, well, what's for next year and what's for the year after that? and things like that how are we able to do things and keep keep the money in our name um instead of paying all the taxes on it and stuff like that sometimes there isn't anything you can do lots of times you know 
be, because of the uh, jobs tax cut, um, you know, we we don't have for for W two people or or um, you don't have the uh, unreimbursed employee expenses anymore. Um, so we have a ton of people that are truly working remotely because the, of what's going on with their companies and stuff like that, but they're not um, able to write any of that off. Um, you know, business owners, can you talk a little bit about, you know, business owners and, and having a home office and things like that? Uh, yeah. And, you know, so many people are scared to have a home office. They're like, oh, no, that's going to cause an audit. It's like, hey, that will not cause an audit. I promise you that. <laughs> but, you know, without a home office, and this is one of the things that real estate agents really missed out on is if you don't have a home office. And the example I use all the time is you're going to have an open house this weekend. So you leave your house, you go out, you set up all your signs, you sit at that open house for two, three, four hours, whatever it is. You pick up all your signs and you go home. And I ask people in the class, how many of you think that's business miles? And most everyone will raise their hand. And it's not. It's not business miles unless you have a home office. And, you know, if that home office, now you're going from business location to business location. But you miss that key ingredient of home office. Those are all personal commuting miles. And you lose all of those. And so, you know, it's, it's just little things like that that educate. And the home office, you know, I have people say, well, I live in a studio apartment. How could I have a home office? It's simple. It's the space you're using. It's not a bedroom. It's not a room necessarily. It's space. So if you're using just a, a nine square foot space to do work, that counts. And, you know, like I say, the, the mileage is the biggest thing for that. But also, with the Tax Cut and Jobs Act, a lot of people lost their mortgage interest as a write-off on their taxes. It's included in standard deduction now. And so with a home office, you're going to get at least a percentage of your taxes and insurance and mortgage interest now and those type things. And and so yeah, a home office absolutely is crucial and important. But more so even when you become an S-corporation um, and then we can do home reimbursement to the employee Versus, you know, it's not even on your tax return saying it's a home office deduction if you're worried about the audit part of that. But, right. you know, it, it's there's there's workarounds always if we just educate people. Yeah, I, I think one of the the biggest ways for people to understand that it's not a, an audit flag is they have a standard deduction for home office now. So they wouldn't create they wouldn't have created that if that was something that they were, that they were targeting. Um, so I think that that's, you know, again, a huge myth. I've run against that all the time. People saying, Oh, I don't want to be audited because of it. It's like, you know, the thing, thing to be careful of is yes, you are going to have to recapture that depreciation on the sale. But again, that's peanuts when you're, you're looking at what the deduction is that you get to take off. Um, some of the, um, I guess, tell us some other um, expenses for a realtor that that lots of times are overlooked um, by a tax preparer who doesn't have the experience in uh, dealing with real estate. Right, I'm I'm actually going to go the other way, Gary. There's there's okay. a lot of expenses that real estate agents try and put on that they shouldn't be, okay. and tax preparers won't see it. So let's say that they go and stage your house. And they buy all this furniture to stage your house mm. and they want to write it off on their taxes. Right. I'm sorry, you're not in the staging business. You're in the real estate business. You don't get to write all that off unless you're staging every client's house, you know, or you're doing it for income. 
Um, another thing is repairs. You know, there, there's the buyer or the seller needs something done on the property. So the real estate agent whips out their checkbook and writes a check so they can close the deal. Nine times out of 10, that's not a write-off to you because that's a gift. You're limited to $25 because you're not doing it as an ordinary and necessary business expense. Not everybody in real estate does those things. So unless you're doing it for all your clients, you're just writing money out of your pocket willingly and not getting a deduction for it. And most agents aren't aware of that. They they hate it when they come in to get their taxes done and we start looking at it. They have repairs and maintenance of, I don't know, three, four, five, six thousand dollars And I'm like, wait, what are all these repairs and maintenance? And, oh, they're things I do for clients here and there. It's like, a, no, those are gifts. Those are limited to $25. You're, you know, you're not in that business. You're not making money off of that thing. So those are the things I see more so than the other, you know, I'm, we always have clients coming to us from other preparers saying, you know, Jeff, I, I think I'm missing deductions and, and nine times out of 10, I don't think they are, but a lot of times it's hard to tell too, because tax preparers sometimes get lazy. And so they might have office fees on there of seven, $8,000, but I don't know what's in those office fees. You know, right. they could have their dues in there because I don't see anything for dues and subscriptions. They could have, you know, maybe their cell phones bundled in there that some tax preparers bundle it all into big numbers. And I don't know what those individuals break out to being. So while I'm looking at it going, okay, you don't have any, you know, office supplies, pens, pencils, envelopes, stamps, those type things, or, you know, maybe you don't have any tolls or parking fees. Well, it's all in my mileage. You know, it's just, everything's conjolubed into that tax return that it's not spelled out to where it really makes sense to the average tax person. Yeah. I, I think that, that one of the key things you said there was about the expenses being ordinary mm -hmm. um, and, 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 you know, customary. I think that that's something that, you know, it is, is important for people to understand. Um, like you said, if you have this one off thing like that, then, then that's not something that you can, that you can do anything with. Um, the, and then obviously it's, you know, we always run into people that, that have a business and, you know, they're just, they truly don't have a business. They have a hobby that they're trying to treat as a business. How, how do you deal with that with people? Because, you know, you see that all the time. I do. And so uh, I try and educate them again. Okay. So I tell them, let's get an LLC. Let's get you an EIN number. At least that's the first steps to making you at least look like legitimate business. Um, right. Get a bank account, separate your funds. You know, everybody co-mingles. They put all their personal and business stuff together. So let's separate it. You know, let's start reconciling your books and, and start making it look more like a business, even though we both know it's probably a hobby. If we can, you know, make it look and appear like a business to the IRS, at least we have a chance of winning an audit. Um, if you're not willing to do those things, then we're not going to be using a Schedule C on your tax return. You're going to claim all that income and lose those expenses. So, right, right. Um, what advice do you have uh, for anybody who who is looking for um, someone to help them prepare their taxes? So I, I think it's important to have an education with them or in a communication with them. And a lot of people don't know the right questions to ask. So, you know, they can call me up and explain their tax situation and want me to do their taxes. And that's great. You know, I have no problem with that, but they're not really asking me the right questions on whether they should hire me or not. 
And I think the thing to do would be, like I say, to at least talk to two professionals, ask them your concerns, you know, maybe it's, and, and everybody asks the same question. What can I write off? What am I missing? And like I say, that's kind of a hard question, but that's the question everybody asks because number one, I probably don't have your tax return in front of me. So I have no idea what you've been doing. But number two, even if you did send it over to me, it might all be grouped in together in a, in a bunch of numbers. So I really don't know what those numbers mean. So it's more talking to someone and seeing if they understand your business, number one. Like if there was a, I don't know, a NASA engineer that built rockets or something that came to me to do their taxes, I'm probably not the right guy for them because I don't understand right. all their stuff and, and what they're doing. And so make sure that they understand your industry that you're in and they have good knowledge in it and that they know all the write-offs and they can explain it to you. You know, I mean, a, a simple thing I've done in seminars in the past. And one of the things I talk about is hiring your children at age seven or older to work for your corporation. Huge because you're spending that money anyway on your kids. This way it's a write-off to you. And I've had clients go and talk to their tax preparer and, and say, hey, you know, I heard that I can write off my kids. How does that work? And, and they've told them, you know what? I'm in the middle of tax season. I don't have time to explain it to you right now. Well, that means they don't know and they have to right. look it up. I can explain that to someone in less than 15 seconds how it works. So, you know, it, ask those type questions. And if you're stumping them, they got to take time to look it up. They're not the right guy. They don't understand it. Move on. And, and like I say, if your tax preparer is telling you something, you can contact me and I tell you something a little different, then reach out to a third person and ask them the same question and see if it matches what I said or what your other guy said. And and then that way, you know that it's right and it's true, probably, because, you know, it, it's a big tax code. It's very confusing for the average person. So looking it up yourself is probably not the right thing to do. Ask it on Facebook. You'll get all kinds of answers. So just really interview and I make, make sure there's a connection to me having a tax guy, especially like I say, in real estate, I'm, I'm like your lender, your, your title rep. My goal is to make your business successful. I want to be your, you want, I want to have you as my client forever, you know? And yeah. so I'm going to do everything I can to make sure you're doing the right things. A lot of tax preparers aren't like that. You're just a number to them. You're just a revolving door. If they leave, oh, well, you know, just pay me and go on that, you know, there's no tax planning, there's nothing extra. So. Right. Right. You know, and I, everybody, you know, if you just heard what Jeff said, he didn't say that, um, you know, go to the guy that gets the biggest refunds for people. He right. said, go to the person that understands the industry that you're in to be able to help you make sure that you do things the right way. Um, and, and save obviously on taxes. We all want to do that. Um, yeah. Jeff, the, 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 the funny thing to me on that is, uh, you know, a lot of people think getting a refund saving on taxes. Yeah. And so I tell them, you know, if getting a big refund is your only objective, then let's make a million dollar estimated payment right now. And I promise you that I will get you a huge refund for tax time <laughs> around next year. <laughs> guaranteed. 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 <laughs> So, uh, Jeff, what have I not asked you that you wish I had? Um, how do I run my business professionally? You know, and, and a lot of people, they need to understand that you have to have books, okay? The books are the backbone to your business. If you don't understand a P&L or even have a profit and loss statement and a balance sheet, you're doing it wrong. And, and I strongly suggest that you reach out to a professional to help you get on track. 
because when that audit comes around, they're going to want to see profit and loss statements. They're going to want to see balance sheets. They're going to want to see reconciliation statements. So if you're going to get in this business and be a business owner, know the rules, know the game, or, or have someone that's holding your hand doing it. And, you know, so many clients reach out to me, especially real estate agents, because obviously we, we buy and sell houses. That's what we do for a living. And, you know, they're like, Jeff, I need a profit and loss statement so I can get a loan. It's like, I can't just create a profit and loss right. statement for you. If you don't have one, I don't know what to tell you, you know? And so it, educate yourself as a business owner and, and make sure you have that profit and loss statement. I mean, how do you even know if you're making money, if you're spending money in the right places, if you don't have a set of books to look at? And if you want to make it in this business, I mean, no matter what business you're in, you know, most companies don't make it three to five years. They're out of business. And that's just because usually it's a money situation. And so if you're not tracking your money, watching your money, I, I'm sorry, you're probably not going to be in business very long. To me, that's one of the most important things in your business is that profit loss statement. I, I agree with you 100%. Really do. Um, so if people like what they hear, Jeff, how can they reach out to you? Sure. So the best way to get a hold of me is on my website. It's hockettax.com, H-O-C-K-E-T-T-T-A-X.com. On there, you can click the button that says request appointment. They can schedule a Zoom or a phone call with me or during tax season, they can schedule an in-person meeting with me. Or if they just want to know about my business, all of our stuff's on there, all of my pricing's on there. Um, we do all kinds of stuff. We have, most of our clients are on a monthly package. And the reason we pick a monthly package over you paying me when I come to your, when you get your taxes done with me is chances are you're going to owe the IRS money. Now you owe me money. So it's going to make it harder for you to set that appointment with me. You're going to procrastinate, kick that can down the road because you know you got to pay me and you know you got a big bill with the IRS. And you're like, man, I just don't have the money right now. But if you pay me monthly and I do your tax return for free, now all you got to do is pay the IRS. We can set up installment agreements. We can make it as easy as possible for you to keep right. you compliant with the IRS and save right. you money in the long run. So, Right. Great. Great. Okay, so I appreciate your time today, Jeff, um, and I look forward to talking to you more in the future. Thank you, Gary. I appreciate it as well. Have a great day. Sure, great. Everybody, this week, our guest was Jeff Hockett, who is the owner of Hockett Tax Services. I'll see you guys next week. 49 faces looked to him in triumph. Over the last 12 months, they had each taken turns and promoted his business for a week at a time, driving over $987,342 in revenue. What if you had a network of 50 centers of influence who promoted your business every week for a year? Grab your copy of the number one Amazon best-selling book, The Ultimate Guide to Growing Your Business with a Podcast, at 33% off the Amazon price by going to ultimatepodcastbook.com. Again, that website for 33% off the Amazon price is ultimatepodcastbook.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.